This is an after-school program podcast. Welcome to the Home Studio Hangout Podcast, where we explore what it's like building, running, and working out of a home studio with your hosts, Joshua Matatek, Andrew Simmons, and many guests in different areas of the music industry. Welcome back to the Home Studio Hangout Podcast. Uh, It's your boy, Andrew. And as you will see, Josh is not here with me because as we went to record this, Josh found out that he has COVID and it is kicking his butt. COVID for the second time. So, and it is kicking his butt today. So today I have the pleasure of hanging out with my friend from across the country, Mr. Stephen Kinsley. Yo, from what's Prescott, up? Arizona. Yeah, P Town, Prescott, Prescott, because you don't know how to like actually spell slash pronunciate words. Yeah, skit. It's spelled S C O T T, but we say skit. Yeah, it looks <laughs> like it should be Prescott, but it's Prescott. <laughs> what's up with Josh kissing all those people and stuff, dude? And I don't know, man. He's lick, just kissing everybody, knob, licking all the doorknobs, and he's <laughs> he's, in, he's out there. He's out there in Pittsburgh kissing everybody. <laughs> I was stoked to meet him too. I've heard so many good things about him. So. I know, man. We'll we'll have to have you on for a part two or something that you guys can actually like hang out and chat I'll and just, stuff. I'll just FaceTime him. I'll just randomly FaceTime yeah. him and he's I'm not gonna know the number and he's exactly. just gonna answer and it's gonna be freaking awkward and it's gonna be it's gonna be great. We can do this. Be like, bro, you missed my podcast episode. <laughs> just that's it. Bro, listen. Uh, <laughs> well, today um I wanted to bring you on because you of all people, and me and you have had many discussions, and we'll get into like how we know each other and all that backstory and everything. Uh, but you are like the biggest advocate for growing bands and artists that I know. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, th- I think you might be like because you preach you preached a bunch of like growth band growth stuff, artist growth stuff for years, yeah. and. Yeah. That's, I mean, you're going through it now with your band, you know? Um, So, yeah, I I wanted to kind of, we'll touch on a little bit of that later, but let's let's dig into you, Stephen. Where were you born? Who are your parents? Can I say first off, like, congrats (laughs) on on the baby? Oh, thank you, bro. I appreciate that. I love kids. I can get into that too, but like, just, (laughs) I don't know. He's so freaking cute. Dude, right? Just just congratulations, man. He's a freaking Um, little nug, bro. Kids are the best. I have three of them. So (laughs) I I love kids. Uh, (laughs) What was the question? Where, who my parents, where was I born? Yeah. So I live in Prescott, Arizona right now, but I was born in West Covina, LA, so California. Um, and I've lived there for about a year of my life and then moved out to Arizona and have lived here kind of ever since. I moved out to Washington for about five years, and that's where you and I met. Yep. Um, and, well, not met, but met via online. <laughs> yeah. One of those, that <laughs> one that of those period ones. in your life is when I met you. Yeah, 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 there you go. And then now I'm back in Arizona. Uh, yeah, my mom and dad, they, yeah. That's where that's where they lived their whole life was California, and they got tired of it and decided to come out to beautiful Arizona. And I freaking I love it here. I love everything about Arizona. So, yeah, that's that's awesome, that's, man. That's me. Uh, I'm definitely an Arizona yeah, dude. I I think you're like one of the. I think I know I know three people from Arizona. Yeah, and they're yeah. all really dope. <laughs> like it, it's you. Um, 
the guy that does merch for Fit. Who's the photographer, dude? Yeah, the guy that does merch for Fit and the photographer. Yeah, he's there. He's their photographer too. Um, He's awesome. I I think I sent you his info. Yeah, we we talked that one time. He seemed pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah, he's real chill. I think he's in Phoenix. Cool. And then um, the bass player for um, Convictions, my friend Daniel. That's right. He's he's in. I think he's on the south part of Phoenix, though. Dude, Arizona's weird because like. I feel like we don't have too many big bands, but we have a lot of just random members of people. <laughs> like, for instance, I'm pretty dang sure that the dude—I always forget his name—but the guitar player from Every Time I Die, the brother. Yeah. He he lives in Scottsdale, which is technically Phoenix. Um, the one that like, wrestles. No, the other guy. The other one. Okay. Because he he's the brother with the singer. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. I always gotcha, forget gotcha. their freaking names. And then freaking the dude from Tool, Maynard. He lives in Jerome, which is like thirty minutes from. It's just weird. Yeah, dude. but he's he's like a he's a he's like a yeah. living on the land hippie kind yeah, of guy. He's, <laughs> he's so weird, dude. I've seen him a handful <laughs> of times. I went to I went to his shop for the first time when I got back from Washington yeah. in Jerome, and it's a it's a weird spot, man. But yeah, I was like, dude, I can buy this Nirvana album for twenty dollars less down the <laughs> down the mountain than up up here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just weird. But um, yeah. What uh so let's kind of dig into the obviously you're born Arizona and left came back. What kind of let's start with the music side of things. What kind of got you into doing music, specifically heavy music? Um what got let's, me into it? Yeah. Just kind of got you into like into music enjoyment and then also like playing and doing production and that kind of thing yeah so what got me into it was i had a pretty awesome youth leader back in church days and he would literally like our our, our youth group was like two three people and i was the only one that ever got was like allowed to do anything so he would just take me to all the all the like heavy rock shows for some reason like he, he grew up like super like listening to heavy music and then kind of left that scene became a christian and then he still loved the music though. Mm-hmm. And so we were going to all those like Christian metal, you know, Heck for yeah. today, you know, uh, yeah. every time I, you know, uh, yeah, not, not every time I die, uh, Devil Wars Prada, you know, all the, all mm-hmm. the, all the good old ones back in the day and the solid state records reign. Of... Yeah. I mean, all of them, man. Yeah. And so I just started going to shows pre- at a pretty young age with him and then just distortion. There's just something about that, like frequency range. And then the low end frequency range of just a freaking kick and ba- oh, dude, I don't know, just like something and about just it. the noise, yeah. And like I never got into like honestly like the eight string stuff or the seven string mm-hmm. stuff. Like I love that, but like just something about like kind of the era that you're that you were referring to, mm-hmm. just the noise, man. Like Chariot, you know, just the biggest fan. You you know that. Oh yeah. Um, you know, big fan of Every Time I Die, um, and. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Something about that era just freaking just lives in my blood. I I, I can't explain it, but you're a hardcore um, boy at heart, man. Dude, I'm a hardcore boy at heart. That's kind of like the music that we are playing in Norwalk. So, yeah, and that's what I was yeah. gonna say. Um, Let live kind of probably falls into yeah. that a little bit too. Yeah. Let live the chariot, that whole mm-hmm. like noise core kind of genre thing that happened at the tail end of when heavy music was like crazy popular. Yeah. Um, just like feedback. And just cornerstone love it. era stuff. Ah, cornerstone. I never got to go. Dude. Like, me, I so always this is, wanted to. Me and Jason always, I love talking with Jason when we're on the road um, about that era because he was like, bro. And you're talking Jason from. W- Wisdom. Um, Jason Wisdom yeah. from Death yeah, yeah. Therapy. Yeah. 
Yep. So uh, he was like, yeah, when we were in Becoming the Archetype, like we would play pretty smallish, you know, me- medium to smallish size, especially in the early early days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he was like, we would go to Cornerstone and play to like 3,000, 2,000 so cool. people. And it's like, as a, as a, you know, relatively not well-known heavy band in that scene at the time, like, yeah. it's huge. Yeah. People were literally just there because they liked, they liked music and they wanted to like mosh around and headbang and have a good time and meet people and learn about new bands. Yeah. See the, the whole new bands thing is, is pretty cool to me. Cause like, you don't, not that you don't find, I see, I think you don't find that right now, obviously COVID. Right. But like, I feel like there's like this itch about ready to happen, especially oh. right after COVID that people are just going to go to places just to find that about music oh, again, for sure. you know, like the, we kind of lost I, it, but I feel like it's coming yeah. back. I, I feel I, I distinctly remember the Devil Wars Prada becoming big because of Cornerstone. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like them and like Acidies Burn. Like I uh-huh. I distinctly remember like a bunch of these bands getting absolutely massive overnight because of some crappy potato phone <laughs> like youtube video yeah that people were like passing around of like oh there's this new band they're super sick called the devil wars prada and they do like random like lyrics and they're nuts and they just sound like noise and it's so cool and their keyboarder just rips off his shirt every single show that's yeah. my favorite part dude, dude the freaking right? keyboard. Yeah. what's his name i always i'm terrible was, with names no daniel was the drummer I don't remember what the keyboard name was. Oh, but he made yeah, it he was for me, wild, dude. Just bro. One note, play. and then he would <laughs> he would play half the time. He was <laughs> he like, love yeah, it. hit a note and just like rips his shirt off and just starts flailing. Bro. He's he a hype man, man, dude. Every band yeah. needs a hype man. Every band needs every band <laughs> needs a hype man. Um, but <laughs> but yeah, no, it's like I distinctly remember like that whole era being really cool, like you said, of people like going out distinctly to find new bands and new artists and it wasn't even a heavy music i like i distinctly remember people were way more willing to go to shows to see openers like they would go to shows of their favorite bands to see the early slots to find more new bands you know in that genre though because yeah because like that was the hardest thing it was like finding bands that you actually liked Mm -hmm. so yeah you would always go early because you'd hopefully they would book it around that genre yeah yeah exactly miss it (laughs) and like in like cornerstone was an amalgamation of i mean it wasn't obviously there was no like pop anything it was like emo and hardcore and metalcore yeah and like death metal dude I'm, that was I'm, and that was it it was I like it's the like early 2000s email man I freaking yeah, so oh, yeah. <laughs> well and like there, dude, there's there's bands like bringing it back there's a i don't yeah. know if there's this band called static dress that me huh. and, and my guitarist andy are like really a big fan of they're from they're from england cool uh they have this very like or like first album from first to last kind of early emery emo sound sweet set this like kind of modernized it's really really cool you should definitely check it out i they, will check them out yeah yeah they, they just dropped a bunch of like singles um they were about to like explode onto the touring scene and then COVID happened, yeah. obviously um yeah. and we'll get to we'll get to the whole COVID thing so you started kind of producing firstly what made you move to seattle 
area. Uh, yeah. So I mean, technically, it it's two well, hours it was, north yeah, it was two of hours Seattle. North, so, so what it's, was it? It's it's a it's a little town called Bellingham. Yeah. Um, and honestly, so my wife was born and raised here, and I was technically raised here my whole life, um, in in Prescott, Arizona, and um, <laughs> and we just you know we were we were kids we were like you know twenty twenty one and we were just like man we we want to just like experience something else you know we want to yeah. move somewhere and we've always loved the woods we've always loved the green we've always loved the water and that's something that like you find it here but it's very different it's not as like i find like it hilarious thick. that you're like oh i love green and i love water and also i love arizona <laughs> well which so I, I mean, which I, like most people just think like flat desert yeah so i can get back to that but like yeah i mean the, the cool thing is about like where i live is i live in the high desert yeah so there's still like i mean there's four lakes around me right now within like a 15 minute drive if that actually there's like the high desert like woods so there's still greens like right here mm-hmm. that we, we technically live in yeah the mountains yeah um but like we just wanted more. We we wanted the most extreme part. We wanted to be sea level, right? So Bellingham, you have the San Juan Islands right there, which is they're the coolest things. And you had trees like you you couldn't even walk through the forest because it was so heavily overgrown with like, you know, ferns and trees and like all that stuff. And you know, you would uh you would park on your lawn for like two months and then you would back up and grass would grow. Like things like that. Like yeah. you just don't get in Arizona. And we just wanted a different experience, a different type of people, a different, you know, it was really cool too, because we lived pretty much on the border of Canada mm-hmm. and Vancouver is right there. And I mean, everyone would come over to to Washington because uh, of the cost difference and they would spend mm-hmm. money and go to the malls and stuff. And dude, like no joke, I felt like I was in a different country, like most of the time, because there was so many different like races and people. And like, I That's really got, cool. I got in the cool, I love that stuff. I got in the coolest conversations with people, um, with just different backgrounds and different bring like upbringings. And like, I love that stuff. Like I, I swear, like if I, cause I, I, I love my life, like by all means, you know, but like if we didn't, decide to have kids at a young age we probably would have been like travelers or something you know mm-hmm. no um, yeah gypsies bro me and you yeah <laughs> <laughs> i i just i i get like the biggest kick out of like how other upbringings and cultures and like mm-hmm. i i swear i should know more languages than i do i only know english yeah <laughs> like i have the like the biggest i just wanted like like learn all that stuff you know um but so that's what we wanted. We just wanted green and, you know, uh, and also like the, the music scene up there is, is insane. Like it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's really cool. And at that point I was tired of Arizona because th- no one was trying to build the music scene and, and, and it was just dying out here. And, you know, especially where I was living and Phoenix wasn't doing too well either. Um, and I was just like, no, I just like, I'm tired of it. I want to go to like, where, where, like where, where people have roots, yeah, right? Like, a music hub, dude. I mean, exactly. I mean, even living two hours north of Seattle, that's still a part of like the music hub of that area. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I would always go down to Seattle and then, but even in our little town, I say little, it, it was pretty medium sized. We had, mm-hmm. we had five venues. Oh yeah, and and the wild buffalo would get like I mean it's like a seven eight hundred cap, and I mean we had Snoop Dogg, like we had right, so you, we had yeah. like people because like we were in a great spot where it was right on the five, and everyone coming from Seattle would stop there on the way to Vancouver. Mm-hmm. 
You and they can I mean? do like smaller shows or so like and sell out our area really easily and, and dude, but it's within a two hour radius of either other major cities so yeah make some money on the way yeah no and like you're a bc market mm-hmm. but like that's good oh, in yeah. a lot of places because you're probably going to get a lot of really cool shows being in between i mean that's very similar to greenville like yeah. where i'm at like we're a bc market um because we're in between we're two hours north of atlanta mm-hmm. and two hours south of charlotte mm-hmm. so yeah you're, you're right there yeah it's yeah, the same thing very um, there's just a highway that connects the two of them yeah so and we did we, we we got a lot of awesome shows and i just remember it was just cool being a part of like a like a smaller mecca of a music mm-hmm. scene it, it was it was an experience that i really needed and, it's and you kinda, met a lot of cool people oh yeah i met so many cool people and yeah i, I learned a lot and now i'm kind of bringing it back Mm-hmm. to hear i don't know if you want to talk about that just yet but anyways, yeah yeah um, well so let's let's talk about the first part of that which is like speak to the to the the mindset of because i mean a lot of i'm sure i mean how many music cities are there really right there's la seattle yeah, nashville six, yeah. atlanta new york and chicago right yeah that's and i guess um there's some texas like um austin I guess it just depends on if you're like, yeah, well, Austin for sure. Yeah, the Austin's... hardcore scene in Austin. I want to live there. Yeah, <laughs> but but like the music scene in the music scene in all of those cities, regardless of genre, is big. Yes. Um, there are depending on like what genre you go into, there are other places that you can kind of get into. So like in the hardcore scene, Boston's really big. Um, Ohio is really big. Um, Sacramento is pretty big in the hardcore mm-hmm. scene. Like there's some weird like outliers of the, some Florida stuff. Miami's pretty big music area, like in general. Mm-hmm. But I, I, whenever I think that, I think EDM for some reason. Yeah. Like <laughs> I think EDM and pop music more than anything. Yeah. Um. So the majority of America is very far away from any kind of larger music scene, and even honestly, like a C market. Like we mm-hmm. kind of got lucky that we're in, we kind of got to have our formative musical years in some like BC markets, mm-hmm. you know, um, maybe even D markets, but like some people don't even have that. Some people are like in the middle of Oklahoma. Yeah. I was just going to say Nebraska. that like, like it, it, it's kind of pretty much like West or it's like coastal stuff. I, yeah. I know you guys aren't really coastal. Well, kind of you're, you're we close. Are, bro, we're three hours away from the beach. Yeah. Okay. Well, th- never mind. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. That's that's awesome. So yeah, it's kind of coastal. So all the inland like peeps, like they don't have too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the thing is like, how many people listen to music? Is it just yeah. the people on the coast? No, it's, it's inland. It's everywhere. Right. Yeah. So like there is a scene and there's a necessity for a music scene, no matter where you are. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I really learned out in Washington. And that's what I was going to say is coming from Prescott, where mm-hmm. kind of in your eyes, the scene was kind of dead or dying, I it guess, was, at, that, at the point flat. when you were leaving. It was done. It was, it was dead. done. It was so on fire. Super, super dead. <laughs> dumpster. The fire's out in the dumpster. Like it's yeah. that dead. Yeah. Uh, so you're, and you're heading out from there. Um, so what are some things that you kind of learned, I guess, from the Bellingham, like five years on Bellingham kind of experience? Um, 
and we can kind of get into music production stuff with that as well mm -hmm. uh so maybe like let's do let's do this in like two sections so let's mm -hmm. say from a person that it just a music lover and a person that's in, wants to do the band thing like what is so, what are some things that you kind of learn and then from a music production side of things like what did you kind of learn so two part of there so let's start with like the band side first okay what was the question again? The so like, <laughs> so like, so like, from a from a from a person trying to be, trying to do music, as far as being in a band or uh -huh. an artist or something like that. Yeah. Um. What it? What are? What are some things that you learn from the belling? Like your years up there, kind of moving into an area that is a gotcha. larger market. Gotcha. Yeah. And then bringing that back to a smaller market, like to help grow and things like that. Um, well, so that's, that's kind of, it's not hard, but it's, I think it's two different things because in a market, like in a music scene, you have to stand out. You have to be professional. You have to treat the sound guy nice. You have to show up on time. You have to show up early. You have to have professional gear. Like you have to play the game, mm -hmm. like your social, your website, your, your recordings. Like if you really want this, you have to stand out from the weekend band. Right. You have to mm -hmm. stand out from the jam band. You know, we want to just drink beer and hang out and be in the garage. And, 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 and what I, you know, have said in the past, like on my podcast, I used to run and YouTube and all that stuff or whatever, is that if that's your goal, then that's fine. But if your goal is to take over the world and be the next whoever and travel the world and, and do this as your career, you have to, especially in a market, especially even in a medium sized market where there's bands trying to do this as well, because it's, it's a competitive market, you have to be professional. Mm -hmm. And I don't take that lightly. The people that are professional, the people that do do all those things to a T, they do thrive, right? Mm -hmm. Now coming back to a dead scene, it's, it's almost like, if you well i guess yeah i guess if you do all of those same things you will thrive no matter what because you stand out right and it's but your but that's focus just kind of shifts a little bit to being more online presence focused yeah. rather than being we need to get a manager and be seen yes. in this market because there's there's two different issues, right? There's a hey, we just need to we just need to be on the stage. We need to open up for the right person. We're in a thriving market, and then there's the we don't have a market. There is nowhere to play. You know, we can only play someone's house show only so many times before we don't really go anywhere, right? Mm -hmm. So it's it's yeah, it's it's perspective, and it's it's how do you go about um, growing this, right? So mm -hmm. for instance, us. Well, I'm starting a music venue, so I'm I'm trying to curate a scene, yeah. right? Um, but that's something I would actually say is like if you're a band in a small town and there is no scene, make your I would own almost scene. say make your own scene. <laughs> yeah, it's it sounds it sounds simple enough, but a lot of people don't realize that they would rather complain and mm -hmm. cry that there is no scene. And again, that was me. Like I'm mm -hmm. preaching to the choir here. Like, so I'm not beating up on you if you're listening to this. Like <laughs> I was the worst person. Like I moved away because I was so angry and I, and I wanted, I wanted the easy way out. Well, now mm -hmm. I'm back and there is still no music scene. And, and it's like my heart's desire to build it up here. And it's crazy because everything that I'm doing, and I'm sure we'll get into a sec is it, it's already working. 
Like I just mm-hmm. heard last week, there's five bands being started because of the venue that I'm trying to start. Right, that's now. awesome, dude. And it's like if you and, and I hate this term, but I feel like for this specific situation, it it, it matters. But it's the whole like if you build it, they will come. Mm-hmm. Now I think that's the worst business model you could ever freaking follow in your entire life. Yeah. But in a small town with no all ages venues, where kids are moving away left and right because they just want things to do past six p.m. If you build it, if you make it a destination, if you make it yeah. stand out from two hours north, southwest, right? So mm-hmm. all the big cities, they will come. Yeah. Right. Give them a place to be. Give them a place to hang out. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I totally get that. Yeah. I mean, obviously, from a business perspective, that's a terrible, that's a terrible move. Terrible. Don't but, even. But yeah. when it comes, but when it comes to if there's literally nothing there, yeah, that makes sense because there's if you know six p.m. hits, everybody's going home, or worse, six p.m. everybody's not going home and they're out getting in trouble, being stupid, and and that's what that's what happens here. And and also, I should say, if you build it with and then have proper marketing and branding, they will come, right? Because that's the issue. Is like, yeah, you can open up a freaking coffee shop or a freaking bakery, yeah, and and have one client a day, and that's it. You know, you have to have proper branding and marketing. And, you have to sell yeah, yourself as a part of it. You got to, like you said, you got to play the game. You have to play the game. When it comes yeah. to that kind of stuff. And um, that's even with band stuff too. You have to have proper marketing, branding. For sure. Someone needs to see your shirt and go, holy crap, I, I know that band. I mm-hmm. remember hearing them. I remember seeing them. Blah, 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 blah. Um, so we'll pause on the band stuff and we'll come back. Let's talk music production because that's how you and I met. Yes. was doing music production stuff. Brian Hood. <laughs> yeah. Shout out Brian Hood um, and Chris Graham and the Six Figure crew. I think they're rebranding to the Six Figure Creative now. Are they? What, yeah, they're rebranding. Uh, they're, they're going more broad than just home studio. They're going to be like the creative podcast. Crazy. Which is like great for them. Yeah, super sick. Yeah. I mean, um, how many episodes are they in? Like, they're, yeah, they probably need to do something. Yeah, they're you know? like 200 something episodes or something like that talking about studio work. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, no, the, uh, that's kind of how me and you met was doing production. And so, what was the, so we talked about kind of you and bands and music and stuff. Like, where was the in in production for you? Um, as far as like how I got started with all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like how how was it like, oh I like was it oh I want I need I'm in a band and I want to do this, or was it like yeah. bands around me want to do this or I have yeah. logic, why not? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So pretty much I've been recording, you know, not the best stuff, but I started at like twelve, thirteen. Mm-hmm. I've always had this desire. I actually no joke have like a mental illness. That makes I'm not I'm not even kidding you. It's called yeah. auto. It's called auto processing problem, and it makes me focus on sound. Hmm. So like the kid in the back of the classroom who's tapping his pencil, I would rather pay attention to him rather than my teacher. So like a snare drum hit, it it makes I'm like I almost get obsessed with it. Why it doesn't sound good, or why the mm. mic placement, or this or that, or the compressor isn't, you know. And so like it's weird. I literally have so. I started this when I was just a kid and, you know, fast forward, we're in Washington. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a provider. I have 
two kids at the time and you know we just got out of the hospital with our middle child she had she she almost died pretty much i don't know if you if i told no. you about that i know um, i came in after that <laughs> yeah she uh she had this super quick she had this uh, rare um she caught this rare disease from the dirt crap i don't want to freak you out dude oh <laughs> pretty much you can get it from zero to six months i'm sorry mm-hmm. zero to a year and it lives in the dirt all over the world and it's called um infant botulism and mm-hmm. so we let our child again just let your kid play in the dirt it's okay like it, it's very rare but we let her play in the sand and she got this disease from it and she pretty much everything failed on her and the last thing to fail it was like holding a rag doll. It was terrifying. The last thing to fail was her lungs. And so luckily my wife, I was dead sick in the, you know, at home watching our, our oldest. Mm-hmm. And she was at the hospital. And the doctors were just like, oh, what a cute little baby. Yeah, let's get some stuff. And then all of a sudden her lungs failed. And so, man, you know, and like, yeah. like she got ripped out of the room. They, sh- they shoved the tube down her throat. No joke, the priest walked in to my freaking wife and was like talking to her. And I'm like... I, I feel terrible because no one should have to go through that alone, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, so air back to Seattle. Uh, she's good. I mean, well, and we, she pretty much stopped breathing a bunch of times. She flatlined a bunch of times. It was terrifying. Like she, she almost died like three or four different times. And two months later, we were out of there. Um, healthy as can be. It was a super awesome blessing. It was a, it was a godsend. It was straight yeah. up him, honestly. And, uh, yeah, now she's healthy as can be, has zero issues with all that. And that's like super unheard of too. Like she's four that happened when she was six to seven months. And, um, yeah, so pretty much right after that, I was in this crap job. It was a recycling plant and I hated it. I no joke. Uh, just, I don't want to get too much into it, but I just worked with some really there was one person that was awesome, but I just worked with some really, really bad people and I, I hated it. I just couldn't, I couldn't go back. And I literally mm-hmm. was like in tears telling my wife, like, like I got to do like this, like, you know, like this, this, this life is too short. Right. Pretty much. Yeah. Like my daughter almost died, like went through this big thing and she's like, well, why don't you just do this? You're really good at it. You're getting side gigs right now. Cause I was getting side work from it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, just go full time. Just do it. And so, like, I pretty much needed her to say it. So she said it, and I, I've i never quit anything in my entire life, and I quit that job. I, like, didn't even go in. I called them and said I, I quit, and that was the first time I ever quit anything. And then I just freaking dug deep heavily into production, into mostly, well, I already had all my production stuff, but, like, I just dug into, like, the more business side of things, and that's mm-hmm. where I learned a lot about business. That's where I found out about Brian Hood and, you know, mm-hmm. all those people and Graham Cochran and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And really was like, then kind of my heart for bands kind of took off from there as well because I realized yeah. how much of a need for business in bands is like a thing, right? Yeah. Um, I, I remember a lot because, so for those most, I think I've talked about this before on the podcast, but. I've never like explicitly said it. Um, me and Steven, we haven't called in a while, but we were we were part of a like a mastermind group, and that's where I met um our friend Chris Davis. Davis. Um shout out the boy. Uh has he, has he been on here yet? 
Not yet. I'm gonna get him on soon. Man, jerk. He's get been he's been Twitch streaming, bro. He's been yeah, killing the game Twitch streaming. Uh, <laughs> but the so it's like us two and Chris and our f- other friend Chris Bowman, who I also need to get on, and then Mike Dwyer, uh, Tiki, dude. like Mike. Mike is a stud. Mike I miss Mike, dude. Monster, bro. He's Monster. like he's like your he's like your quiet like killer, you know. Like right. everyone else is talking, and he's just over there freaking killing the game. I know, man. Oh, he's, I love him, dude. He's he's crazy, dude. He gets such good like insights and stuff. Like he does. Oh, yeah. hey, I tried this thing, or hey, this weird obscure plugin is like super sick. He made me buy that uh, that mastering the the uh, the mastering the mix plugin. That's like the reference plugin or whatever. I bought that because of him as well, bro. Freaking changed the game. Changes the game. Oh. Yeah, especially on your awesome. low end, like it's when you're mixing in yeah. headphones and stuff. It helps you so much. Check like making sure you're not just going way overboard on your low yep. end or not enough um I, I love checking like other people's work yeah like, I, ch- I checked a bunch of like old chariot stuff and like some other stuff and i was like holy freaking they just like they just did this and they just pushed it and like yeah. neg- negative negative five loofs yeah <laughs> yes just get it slammed dude. it all to the master piece of duct tape on your freaking yeah exactly. <laughs> i love it i love it dude i think it's awesome but the point is me and Steven are part of this mastermind group that hasn't been in a while because everybody got really busy. It's it busy. Really, yeah. we were doing good and then COVID happened and then we just kind of like stopped. But it's funny. We got insanely busy because like because yeah. of it almost like. Yeah, we did. No, all of us were getting busy at the same time. Um, Stu. Stu was in there too. Shout out to Stu. who was Still a late join. Never uh, met him. <laughs> yeah, dude. You were never on the calls at the same time. Met him. <laughs> you yeah. always miss each other on calls, but he plays, uh, he plays bass in Thursday. Bass, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, good friend. Um, no, we all started getting busy like at the same time. It was like February hit. We all started getting busy and we were like, hey, we're probably going to have to take February off of calls because I don't think anybody's going to have time. Mm-hmm. And then the world shut down and we just all stayed working. Mm-hmm. Like we just didn't stop working. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm like, hey, let's start a business. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then, and then Steven goes, oh, hey, I'm going to... I'm going to start a business Feb- the last weekend in February. <laughs> like, let's open up a music venue. Oh, wait. Poor, poor oh, Steven. Um, but good. no, We're that's, that's kind of how, how me and Steven met was through that mastermind group. And we've called through many a, many a topic and talked through a bunch of different things. And I, I remember yeah. early on, like, that was a big, th- the whole, like, why do bands not know this business side of things thing? Um, and it was cool because you had people like Chris in the call going like they do the ones that do well, know this stuff. Yeah. The one, the ones that don't are the ones that don't make it. Yeah. Um, and it is, I mean, it's really, I mean, obviously they're like outliers, but they're outliers for everything. Um, but for the most part, the bands that have their crap together, the artists that have their crap together are the ones that make it as far as mm-hmm. business wise. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, uh, mix. You were doing mixing and mastering. Were you tracking at that point? I wasn't. I wasn't. I, had, I don't think. I don't remember you ever. I had the anything. option to. I had like bands begging me, and I had this dude that was like, "Dude, just use my studio. I was right next door to him. Um, Rich, just a, a rad dude." Mm-hmm. And I just didn't. I just was having so much fun mixing and mastering. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I, I, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. So and you just jump full time into mixing and mastering. Yeah on not necessarily a whim but kind of out of necessity for your mental health necessity yeah for my mental health for my family like everything changed it was awesome like i just got happier and my whole family like everything changed it was just good you know yeah um yeah and then necessity so and we can talk about this moving back Mm -hmm. i remember me and you had tons of conversations about like you prepping to move back and you were like stressing about moving the business and you were, Mm -hmm. you were talking about, all right, should I, I mean, you were already kind of remote the way you were working. So that helped a lot, Mm -hmm. but a lot of, a lot of what you were doing also kind of relied on you being able to have in-person conversations to sell Mm -hmm. yourself in that, like, you know, Washington area. Yeah. So, um, moving you were like oh i don't i don't know what i'm gonna do like i gotta have these conversations but you were i think you had already booked like three bands before you even moved if i remember correctly yeah and they all fell through (laughs) um yeah 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 so like and then but then i remember you booked narwhal like was one of the first bands that actually came to you Mm -hmm. uh when you moved back uh well they were one of the first i because i remember you talking to me i remember well i was i was in the well so yeah so i did all their mixing and mastering um when i was in washington and then when i recorded them and tracked them and did all that i was in the band technically okay so i was like i'll just do it they like offered to pay me in the beginning i was like no (laughs) that's not how that's not how this works you know yeah um and like so i'm like no this is what i'm bringing to the band just like you bring this and you bring this and yeah so um but no like yeah when i moved back um I was, I was afraid. I was like, well, how is everything going to work? Things change, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, stuff like that. The is market's the cool... really small. Like that was a huge concern. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the cool thing is, yeah, I was remote and I was getting a couple of jobs from Australia and Texas and, you know, Florida. Like I had some jobs coming in left and right, but like I wanted to move more into like the tracking and kind of get mm-hmm. more stuff, which is definitely way more in person. Right. And yeah, I had three jobs booked, um, deposits, everything, and literally got here and they're and like they're like yeah we were tired of waiting for you we just decided to go somewhere else all three of them and i was like dude i i moved like a month after we booked this like what do you mean tired of waiting for me like like i'm normally like a month two months out as it is yeah you know and so i was i was mostly stressed out about finding a spot and like getting a good location and blah blah blah, this and that and so yeah so actually the production side of things kind of took a dump even like the freaking um international stuff or, or like you know uh, mm. just internet based stuff kind of took a dump and i ended up finding myself getting on more in like the, the production like video side of things mm-hmm. and i picked up a couple gigs just like no joke dude like using my phone and a gimbal and like a clip on like lens like booking like um doing uh 
what is it called? Um, like content material, like based stuff, like mm-hmm. for social and doing like business coaching stuff for like local, like businesses and stuff and finding just like, man, I just, I just love business. It doesn't matter if it's for the band, if it's for, you know, a recording studio, mm-hmm. I just love, and I love branding and marketing and like the whole social aspect as well. And so that's where like the video production stuff really took off. And again, mostly just focused on like doing, uh, like social based stuff, like for mm-hmm. social media and stuff and whatnot. And then, you know, audio stuff would come and go, stuff like that. And it never really got too crazy. Um, I did start turning away a lot of work because of my, my adventure that I started now. Um, but, uh, yeah, like moving to Arizona was just, just a weird thing because there is a weird, it's this whole thing of like, why would I pay you five grand to, to do a whole album or, or whatever, or an EP when mm-hmm. I can just go buy a Mac? Yeah. And, and like, I had to like fight through that and figure that out and then take more online jobs for mixing. And, mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was crazy. It was a weird time. So, yeah. Um, we've had this conversation. Who's Virgil? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who is he. <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, uh, your 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 studio is Virgil Sound Den. Yeah, your your brand, your studio brand, the brand yeah. studio side of things is Virgil Sound Den, which is kind of uh where everything's. I mean, your coffee, your your shop is called the Den. Mm-hmm. So kind of based off of that, yeah, kind of a riff on that, which is cool. Yeah. Uh, your YouTube channel is called that. Mm-hmm. Um, and my name's Steven. And your name's Steven <laughs> Kinsley. Exactly. So, and, and like your podcast was called Virgil, that. It was Virgil called something Sound else and, and then it was called that. It was Learn From The Pros. Yeah. And then it was Virgil Sound and Podcast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but then you nixed that and just went full to YouTube. Which, mm-hmm. did you leave all of those episodes up? Oh, yeah. I still pay. Every so month that's what I was going to say up. is... If you're listening to this and you enjoy this kind of content, Stephen did a bunch of really great episodes. Uh, Thanks. <laughs> I really enjoyed listening to it, man. Uh, Learn from the pros. And Vir- I think it's under Virgil Sound End Podcast still. Yeah. Uh, you can go find it. He's not putting them out anymore, but he's backlogged some really interesting conversations with a bunch of really cool people like our friend Chris, but then also your friend uh, for- that played uh, your drummer friend, the drummer for hire friend of yours that did like uh being as an ocean oh stuff. yeah um he was the hired gun yeah, yeah. being as an ocean gosh some of my other huge bands yeah um, Bunch of, yeah. he's in big in the rock kind of space he did a run for somebody he he jumps on every now and then with silent planet like he he like yeah he gets around he does some cool stuff and if you don't know anything about hired guns like that is a whole world of well and that episode was a really cool kind of enlightening episode on that side of the market because i don't i I do it a little bit obviously like with jason and like a couple other bands but that's not like my main source of income right yeah that is his main source of income. it is wild that 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 like his whole life is wild just like getting a call and like all right set this is the set uh where you fly out tomorrow afternoon for a europe tour um, I seriously, I couldn't believe fun. it. It was some like it's it's like it's like the rap guys that bring like a, a live uh, mm-hmm. band with them, um, and and that's how it was. Yeah, it was like, hey, learn our whole set within this like four hour, six hour flight, 
and then he gets off the plane and has to play it. Like he just like no practice, nothing like doesn't yeah. even like check his drums, just gets up there and plays it. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine. <laughs> nightmares, dude. That is the stuff of nightmares. But yeah. that whole conversation was really, really, really cool. And then, you know, some of the conversations that you've had with uh, some of the district kid guys and yeah, a couple, a couple other bands. DK. And stuff. Yeah. 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 Harmon. yeah. Yeah. The people, man, those are good people. Them's oh, good people. I mean, and the connections that I got from that podcast too, like, yeah, th- that was worth its weight in gold, dude. Like, I, I still, so like, District Kid still sponsors all of my stuff. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, and Daniel and I are great friends. Like, he buys my merch all the time. Yeah. Like, he's just Bro, a- shout out, shout out your, shout out your YouTube, your, uh, your District Kid link if you want. Uh, I gosh. ain't getting paid, but DistroKid.com forward slash VIP forward slash Virgil's Sound Den. For uh, what is it? Seven percent off? Yeah, your first year signing up. Yeah, first year signing yeah. up, seven percent. And off. it's only in like twenty dollars a year after that. Like it's yeah, it's, it's wild, stupid. dude. And then all the things like, cause you do a lot of the like payout game, right? Like the mm-hmm. points, dude. And that, stuff. That's like half of how I get paid nowadays is I make a couple hundred dollars a month just in points that I work with clients on. It's so it's, so cool. it allows me to bring my price down to a level that they feel like they. have you know, they feel more comfortable paying, but also the back end of works for me and it incentivizes me to help push the product. And, you know, because you want it to do well, because the more streams you get, the more earnings, the you more get, payout. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And you, and you deserve it because as a producer, you should get points anyways. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. The people that yeah. don't, that's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I dude. <laughs> you totally agree. <laughs> I totally agree. It's freaking, it's so well, true. I and, honestly should have got more into that. And, I and this is, it. this is actually something really cool that I started doing with my band that I think people should do. And you mix for your band, right? You do yeah. all your production for your band, all right? All the stuff. Yeah. So same. Um, so as a fellow person who does production for their own band, uh, firstly, <laughs> why do we hate ourselves? Yeah, I, I know. Cause I'm so way more picky with my own band stuff than I am with anything else that I work on. Yep. Um, but on top of that, what is it like from your end? Cause I mean, so we do similar ish music. I'm post hardcore. You're more hardcore. So it's similar. Yeah. You know, mine's I, a little more actually, singing than yours. We is. actually talked about this and we kind of like, we just decided that we are like post Really? So you're yeah, just gonna because, go with the post label? Because we still have like our melodicy like stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, we go hard. Yeah. But like we like drop it and all of a sudden it's like And you do like the spoken word kind of thing, very like touche amore. Not, and, like, not as much, but I do. Yeah. I yeah, you have love it in touche. There. Yeah. It's but just that, in my bones. Yeah, that, but I'm saying like that is a part of the identity of the band in yes. yeah, some yeah. aspects. Did you hear our new single, by the way, Offended? Bro, I need to, no, I, I just saw out. that it dropped and that you guys dropped on did. Friday. Yeah. Yeah. I just saw that it dropped. Uh, yeah. I'm going I'm to pull it up and listen to it in a minute. The, uh, I think as two guys that produce for their own bands, mm-hmm. I think we need to have a conversation with people that want to produce for their own bands. 
like warn them or well warn them but also like so this did, is something this is something and you can speak to this too so re- really uh, quick did you want me to tell everyone where virgil's came from first oh yeah, yeah yeah sorry i we started on that and then yeah. we started going down another place yeah talk about I'll, virgil's i'll make it first. really quick and if it's yeah. more of a business move than anything pretty much everyone in the west coast like they just it was like Pacific Northwest recording or one, two, three recording or, and I know Brian, you know, hood did that as well, but like, mm-hmm. I just didn't want something, you know, we were in a very hip area and I wanted something that, st- that stood out. Mm-hmm. And so there's this like painting that I had forever, like this old 1900s dude that looks all cool and vintage. And we, I would always tell everyone that I was my great, 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 great grandpa, uncle <laughs> Virgil, you know? And so was not uh, at all. It, it, no, not at all. I, was <laughs> I found that uh, my buddy found that picture in like a dumpster or something and like gave it to me. <laughs> and it was like, a, it has a sick frame and all that stuff. And so pretty much I gave that picture to my tattoo artist out here and his name's Tony. And I was like, Hey, can you do something with this? And he's like, yeah. So he made that little icon. Yeah. The pinup, the pinup version with like, yeah. Tattoos all over his face and stuff. Yeah. And then I was just like, I just want something different. I want, I don't want recording in it. I just want Vir- so Virgil sound in, you know, there's a lot more that came to that, but that's why I did that is, oh, then also why I did it is because I wanted it to be bigger than myself. Mm-hmm. Like if for some reason, like I was like, here, son, this is yours now or here, you know, like I'm going to hire some people to do this and I'm going to take more of a bit more, more bigger approach or whatever mm-hmm. um, I could do so. Right. It wasn't like Stephen Kinsley recording or something. Yeah. Like that, and you, you know? feel like you feel like you have to be a part of every session. Yeah. Because that's still the goal is like I'm getting so busy, man, that like I would love to like my my assistant now i would love to him to like take over some videos and be like what's yeah. up my name is devin from you know virtual sound end and just now and, it, yeah yeah it's not where steven it's oh well this guy just works for this company called virtual sound end yeah no right? i mean yeah that makes total sense so no, that, short that's, sweet that, there that, it is. That's, that's that's really cool and, it, and like it worked i don't do that because i like being self-branded based on what i do but it makes sense for what i do because well, we kind of we kind of approach things a little differently yeah, in that 100%. sense. You're you're going for a scalable business, mm-hmm. whereas mine is more like self promotion. Yeah. So it's a little well, different. No, and and most people like I've heard conversations. I'm pretty sure I've even heard like Brian talk about this, where it's like the route I did is like not the way anymore. It's the way you're doing it because yeah. it's more intentional. So when you post yeah. content, they're like, it's more relational, right? Yeah. I'm just too, I'm too deep where I can't change it. Like no, just, no, you don't, and you don't need to. Be. to. <laughs> I think, I think there's a point, I think there's a point of like, the since you started early enough, I think you're good just because mm-hmm. you've already grown it to yeah. be so big that it's kind of taken on a life of its own. And then people that know of it know of it as that you know what Mm -hmm. i mean and know of know its relation to you and everything yeah exactly uh so yeah i don't i definitely don't think i do think that there is a place for people like that like i said i think it's not even intentionality i think it's like what's your end goal with it yep so for me i don't necessarily want to own a big studio that's not my end goal Mm -hmm. for you Owning a big studio would be tight, and that kind of falls in line with your goals as a business, right? Yeah, because if you look at bigger studios, they have studio names exactly. and an owner. Exactly. Yeah. You're not going to, you're not, it's not, you know, 
you know, this person's name studio and it's a million dollar studio, it's, you know, I can't think of any right now. <laughs> Blackbird or yeah, there you go. There like, you go. yeah, Gat three. I've mentioned them in Charlotte or it's, um, the one that Bowman and Goldman work out of, um, oh, blow gosh. in the dark, blow in the dark, dark studios. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. It, yeah, it's like that. It's a it's a exactly. business. It's a it's a larger than them thing, so that multiple people can work out of the same place, and it makes more business sense in that in that way. But yeah. it is le- is is less personal. But I actually think you've done a really good job of like kind of balancing both, mm-hmm. which a lot of people don't have the attention span to balance both. And I think that's I why a, a lot, lot of content. Of <laughs> and I think that's why a lot of people say yeah. not to do both is because they assume you can't balance both. But I do think that if you are like you and I, I run content for like five different things. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, it's so do you and you run content yeah. for yourself, for, you know, the video side of things that you do, mm-hmm. the audio side of things that you do and the band as well. Um, the coffee house, the coffee house. Menu. Yeah. And which is about to start gearing up even more as yep. stuff starts to open back up. So, that's yeah, that. I, that's Virgil's. <laughs> yeah, that's that's Virgil sound in for you. So that's Steven's like business entity. <laughs> if uh that's that's big Steven. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um but yeah, so let's talk about being that- the producer for a band and then we'll come back to we'll come back to like all of the other stuff you do cuz you do a lot of things, man. You do I a do. lot of things. You wear a lot of hats. I, I do. I wear. I I, I love hats. <laughs> yeah, that's then, true. That's what I was gonna two. say. You wear you wear a lot of hats, both both physically and metaphorically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I do a lot of things. Yeah. Um, uh. So let's talk about band, like self producing as a band. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great idea, especially honestly. I think if you're in a band in 2021, it's almost expected for you to have at least one person that knows how to record in your band yeah um not and they don't have to be the greatest thing in the world by any means but they need to be able to make a demo and make a demo mix well enough for you to kind of get the idea across yeah i think that is like that if you don't have that you're not even at the bar of starting yeah I i would agree um because but, people have to hear the idea to mm-hmm. like take it to the next level. Well, it's easier for people like me and you, yeah. like even as as uh, for me as a producer to be able to hear their idea and say, "Okay, well, I get where you're going. I know how to make it better." Or if like I've done that, or if you're just mixing it, like it's easier for you to work with just better stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, over the last like. Yeah what like five to eight years i'm sure we're self-recording quality of bands has just like gotten oh, yeah. so much better oh yeah yeah it's blown up and i know that was kind of part of some of the things that you did was kind of teaching a lot of that as well mm-hmm. um on your youtube channel yeah uh Hurtle i just Sound. have a I, yeah <laughs> i just have a heart for helping people dude mm-hmm. hey that's, like that's the best way to be though man like I just want to help bands. I want to help bands record themselves. I want to help bands grow in my own local community. I want to help people build a scene 
mm-hmm. you know i just like i just i don't know i think i just like helping people so yeah the uh i think what would you say is the let, let's build let's build a base recording package for people here oh gosh let's build a base recording package for people so we're in we we meet a new band and they're like all right well this this person is going to have their job be recording um what do you think they should get steven what should they get let's talk some gear we actually talk oh, gear oh man gear. we're not afraid of it oh dude i am not a gear snob at all i though. know that's the issue i know <laughs> oh man i what would was say something that you started with too we can start with that. i mean you have to get your so your foundation right you have to you yeah. have to get a, a good computer oh yeah and so what i would say is don't get a desktop if you're in a band and you're just doing your own stuff i would say get a laptop i love max i'm sorry Same. uh i do yeah okay cool um <laughs> And I would say build it, right? So at least a terabyte SSD. Um, I don't know what sixteen gigs of RAM. Yeah, I run I run sixteen gigs on yeah, mine, and I run two hundred and fifty plus Pro Tools channels. So. Yeah, same here. I'm right around that same. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they have the M1 that just came out that is so sick. It's an eight core. Bye. And if you're using Logic, it works even faster. <laughs> yeah, so I'm a Logic guy. So mm-hmm. I would just say. Again, it's a $200 program. You don't have to mess around with anything else. So I would say computer, build it. I would say, so So my, my whole point about a laptop is now you can take that on tour and you can run mm-hmm. that off, off of your backing tracks and do all that stuff and blah, blah, blah. So it works it. it works twofold. It works as a recording option, but yep. also as a live backtracking option. Exactly. And then you can work on projects, pre-pro on mm-hmm. the road as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Logic, because it's Mac-based product and I have use it on so many projects and I haven't found anything wrong with it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it, you know, it still bounces everything 32 bit, you know, 24 bit and does everything, whatever you want to freaking do. Um, and then from there, I mean, some good pre's. I mean, that's yeah. the thing. Like, are you recording your own drums? Are you midding the drums? What are you doing? I mean, I are would you... assume if you're in a metal band, you're, you're doing MIDI drums. Mm-hmm. Your DI and guitars, you're probably gonna have one of these. Yeah, these I would say SM7Bs. definitely. Yeah, it's the it's so cheap for what you get, dude. Yeah, it's so cheap. Are you using a cloud lifter on yours? You know, for yells and screams, I don't. Yeah, um, you don't need it for that. And, and actually, no joke, I have mine right here, and it broke like a year ago, and I don't use. I haven't bought a new one. Oh, even, nice. even even right now like are you using uh what interface are you using my my uad so i got compressors oh, okay, going yeah. and and so maybe that's why um yeah probably. so yeah i would probably say like the cloud lifter do you like the tnt ones like i haven't used that TNT? one i've used the actual cloud lifter the cl1 the yeah. blue one i think that you have um, yeah so if you're doing cleans i would say cloud lifter if you're doing yells and screams and all that stuff you don't need it and even if you're doing not singing and stuff you don't really you don't really need it like if it's just for demos yeah crank the gain it's fine like a little buzz isn't going to kill you i mean but if you're doing if you're just doing demos i don't even know if you need this like fair it, yeah you might like, not even I would need say this if you're a sending 50, this a 57 or a 58 it'll be fine I'd say 58. I hate, I freaking, I hate when people do vocals in 57. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the frequency, right? Yeah, um, that's fair. But like, if, if you're sending it off to get mixed, I would definitely 
purchase yeah. an SM7B. Like no, yeah. no doubt lifter, about it. For sure. Yes. Um, and then I don't know, man. As far as like an interface goes, like yeah, if you're doing MIDI, then you don't need a big crazy interface. If you're doing drums, that's see, that's the hard part. I would almost, if you're doing real drums, I would hire out someone in a studio to mm-hmm. do it because it's not just getting a good interface. You have to have. I mean, like I see, I actually was looking at your, you're using Proco as well, right? <laughs> you yeah. have to get, you have to get good cables. You have mm-hmm. to have good mics. You have to have a good room. Like there is so much mm-hmm. involved. Now, if you're just doing MIDI, I would look in the Superior Drummer 3. I freaking love that program. Even mm-hmm. just the stock sounds. Um, I know Get Good Grums, they do great stuff too. So you can look yeah, at them. I'm, I've been, I'm just not uh, as familiar I've been with on them. Uh, Bose Room Sound Kit. Okay. That's what I've been. That's it made stupid? it on multiple different records. Cool. Yeah, because it's got a snare that just. I just love the way the snare sounds. It's like mm-hmm. it's tuned high, but it's like got that like deep ballsiness to it. Yeah. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, so yeah, mm, yeah. So it. so either way, I mean, I mm, I think Get Good has more options, especially if mm-hmm. you're going after like specific. Like I want my Matt Perfrey, whatever. Like I yeah. want. I want the yeah, bows. I want this. I want that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, gosh, yeah, if you're doing DI, just go straight in. Um, just what, get a, in, what, get what a DI. I would say get a DI. Uh, even just like a radial passive DI just cleans up your signal just a little bit. Yeah. Because it just negates a little bit of buzz and stuff here and there. And then what what interface do you like? Because I'm running my U, UAD. It's the, it's the Apollo Twin. Um, so I'm, I'm but, using the but, Apollo Twin X. Okay, but they're just that's the, that's a the hard part. I mean, mine was like eleven hundred. So yeah, I got mine for seven. Okay, hundred. Uh, so they're, you they're could... a little they're a little cheaper. Mine's a duo, but I honestly, me and Bowman did some tests. Uh, I have the Apollo Twin, and he has a Lynx Hilo for mastering. Oh, there you go. And so we ran it up against both of those, and if I wasn't bought into the UAD system. <laughs> the the focus right clear line yeah is unreal how yeah. clean those pre's are and you can buy a two so if you buy the the, the ti2 or the, whatever the, the, the two channel version uh-huh. of the claret um it comes with four outs mm-hmm. which is enough to run backing tracks off of oh look at that so there you, you can you can have a really good backing track interface to run multiple things out of um, I recommend two channels for main track, one channel for click and guide and reference track going to your drummer and the other channel for all of your 808s. So your 808s don't duck the rest of your track. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you don't, if you don't, if you're having a supplementary guitar, so like if you're playing gent or something like that and you only have one guitar player and you want to track like a, a rhythm guitar while you live, live is the lead or reverse you can have a dedicated line just for that. Yeah, that's um, crazy. So, routing, man, routing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's a whole other conversation, but, but honestly, it's, it's, it gets you through that stuff. As far as an interface and it being so capable for doing recording and then taking it on the road. Like, and it's only $500. Yeah. It's crazy cheap They're cool. for what it is. They're really cool. Yeah, um, I'd probably, honestly, I recommend that to most people that are starting out unless yeah. they are, unless they just are, they just know that they want an Apollo Twin for some reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
or they just know that they don't want that which i don't know why like he and i tested he said he would master he said he uses a link so chris bowman uses the links high to master masters a bunch of my stuff he's like yeah i'd master on this all day it'd be fine and like <laughs> i and love he, chris because it like it doesn't like a name and a price point no, doesn't, doesn't matter. matter to him nope. i mean it shouldn't matter to anyone. No, but it especially doesn't matter to him. Yeah, he's just like, I don't care. It sounds yeah. good. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah let's freaking work. Yeah, that's that's bone. Love bro. that dude. Um, yeah, the but then like the pre's, he was like, they sound as good as the twin. Um, the only thing you don't get is the the ability to track with like stuff on it without it using your CPU on your computer okay uh, like the uad stuff does yeah uh but like i don't really use that and a lot of people don't so you can definitely get by you yeah. can get by for I, 500 I honestly, bucks you're talking about maybe two thousand dollars for an amazing package right yeah. there a computer um a good a great interface a great mic mm-hmm. and a di box and seriously, just get your hands dirty. Start recording yeah. everything. Start YouTubing everything. Yep. Every time you have a question, just do it. Learn all your quick keys. That freaking is the oh, way to hot do it. Keys are... oh. Yeah. Learn how to edit and just go and you're gonna fall in love with it, man. You're gonna Yeah. yeah. I, I, gonna... I wanted to talk about that because I know me and you it's weird that like it's it's rare that, you know, the guys that do production are all Full time are also the guys in the band that yeah also it is. Are, are are also in a band that they do production for so yeah. um yeah uh so let's kind of talk about we did the whole we talked about the whole uh you know studio stuff enough people get it let's talk about <laughs> some coffee bro oh no <laughs> uh, so you had the great idea of. Starting a uh, starting a new business in <laughs> hey, March don't, don't, of twenty twenty. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, no, 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 no. It wasn't March. Okay, so let me tell you the story. Okay, yeah, because so yeah, yeah. much... I don't know the I don't know the whole story. I've only gotten clips of this, so that's the thing. Is like I called you whenever you guys were building out the space, and you were like, "Hey, I can talk for like five seconds, but I'm yeah, meeting a plumber or so something like that." Freaking busy, dude. Yeah, dude. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, give me the give me the still, story. We're still building it out. It's a freaking nightmare. It's stupid. Um, but pretty much it wasn't March. It wasn't February. It was technically like, so, so we, we moved back and I was like, how is there still not a venue here? Oh, and actually to go back even further, like two years before we decided to move in Washington, I was like, you'd be really cool, babe. Talk to my wife. She's like, mm-hmm. what? And I'm like, it'd be cool to open up a music venue in Prescott. Cause I don't think there is still one there yet. It's like, yeah, that would be cool. Too bad we're not going back. Right. I'm like, <laughs> right. <laughs> and then like two years later, we're moving back and I'm, and I'm like getting my studio figured out everything like blah, blah, blah. And then I started just doing like recon. And so there's this guy in Phoenix, his name is psycho Steve and he is a 40 year vet booker. And so he owns this venue called the rebel lounge. It used to be the Mason jar, which is a famous, uh, venue mm-hmm. where like Nirvana is play like a you know it's yeah, really it's cool. There, there's some history there. It's not too big, but it's like world like, renowned, right? Big as far as like well known, yeah. It's like 150, 200 cap probably, but it's just such a cool little venue. Um, but so he had this like cool like talking event where like 
he was interviewing one of my good buddies from American Standards. His name is Brandon Kelm. Um, and then it was like, they're doing like this panel stuff on like a Tuesday night. It was like half off beers, all that stuff. And he, I waited there for like three hours cause it was super long. And, and remember it's like, it's like midnight, 1am and I, mm. I still have a two hour drive back. Right. And yeah. so, um, I waited and I waited and I waited and he got off stage and I just like beelined for him. And I was like, Hey, I'm thinking about opening up a music venue in Prescott. Any advice would help. He like instantly rolls his eyes because everyone and their mother wants to open up a music venue. Like we all know that, right? Yeah. I'm going to open up a music venue. Like it, it just is like, it's whatever. Right. And he's like, figure out how to make money, uh, on a Tuesday at 11 a.m. and then walked away from me. And, oh no, he said, you should open up a dive bar and then walked away from me. And so <laughs> I went, okay. And that makes sense because when's a music venue open? You know, yeah, Friday, for like, Saturday, for you like know, four possibly, hours. Sometimes Monday nights, right? Sometimes, well, you have this like six hour, four hour time to make money, but you still have to pay bills. You still have to pay your employees. You, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it, the bills just don't stop because you're only open 16 hours a week, right? Mm -hmm. Or eight hours a week. Like the bills still come. So you have to figure out how to make money. So I, I started doing a bunch of recon out here in actually mostly coffee shops because I was like, I always thought it'd be cool to open up a coffee shop as well. And so like I would go with my laptop and I would sit there all freaking day, every single coffee house. And I would just tally mark every time someone would walk in. And I would kind of notice like, oh, like that person, yeah, has got like, you know, has a coffee or that person has a coffee in a scone or that person has. And I average it out that were, that uh, at uh, 11 a.m. on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, when people are supposed to be at work, right? Mm -hmm. Anywhere from 80 to 120 people an hour are coming to these coffee houses and buying a $5 drink buying a $4 drink, buying a $6 drink and a scone. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I was like, holy crap, the money's there. So then mm -hmm. I said, okay, I'm going to open up a coffee house, a music venue. And, you know, I want it to be for the youth because there's nothing to do out here. If you're like 16, 14, you know, 17, heck, even like 20, there's nothing to do out here. Even 25, there's nothing to do out here. Um, yeah. Just but, but just go to the dive bars and hang out with the dude who's lived there his past 40 years, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but so I was like, okay. And then I wanted it to be like in that whole culture, the tattoo, the heavy music, you know, the skateboard community. So we actually are, we have a big old half pipe in our backyard is where, where our patio is. So our whole motto is coffee, music, skate, create. And so at that time I was like, okay, do I do this alone? Do I get a business partner? Do I pull out a loan? Do mm -hmm. I find someone who can help fund this? And so my good buddy, Michael, his, his mom actually, um, passed away and left him a big chunk of money. And he was like me in and out of jobs, working construction his whole life, stuff like that. And his back was going out and he just was like, dude, I need to do something else. So I'd like, no one knew about this. Like my wife mm -hmm. knew I was doing recon and stuff, but no one knew about this. And I told him what I was doing. And he was like, let's do this. Like, let's freaking do this. Like, I'm going to give it some thought. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray about it. I'm going to talk to my wife. Like, but I'm pretty sure I'm in. So we met up a couple weeks later. Um, and again, this is still uh, 2019 at this time, right? Yeah. Um, or no, I think it, I think it was just started 2020, right? And he's like, cool, let's do it. So we started looking for buildings and started doing all that stuff. And um, February 15th, 
we signed the lease to our building. <laughs> and, Poor and then, guy. And then, like, no joke, dude, like, the next day, we're, like, hearing little things about COVID. And then, like, two weeks later, or a week later, we're like, oh, tours are getting shut down. Oh, restaurants are getting shut down. And then March, like, well, you, everyone knows, like, beginning of March, yeah. world's done. And then it's attacking um, food and bev which were a coffee house, right? Yep. And then it's attacking entertainment, which were a music venue. Um, and so from then on, we just kept on building out. We kept on doing our thing. Uh, we went through a handful of different architects because actually because of COVID, one took off to the woods and we didn't know and wasted like four or five months of our time. The second one, his, his grandpa actually passed away um, because of COVID mm-hmm. and it, you know, it's just terrible, but that also took out like two or three months of our time. Mm-hmm. Found a new architect. She's still taking forever. The city's kind of kicking our butts, um, but cool things are happening. Like we're, we're still here. We're still doing it. You know, it's been over a year. And like, did you see the whole Vans thing at all? Yeah, I, I, I was going to ask you about that because I don't know what happened. I just know that it did happen, yeah. which is so sick. Yeah, so it's actually happening right now until May 11th. But but here, let me backtrack just a little bit. So like yeah. we had we did a Kickstarter, it was successful. The whole, we let the whole world know about it. Our freaking town literally bangs at our door every single day, asking us when we're going to be open. They're so excited for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, we're actually having a fundraiser for us from a different coffee shop. We're pretty stoked about on the fourth. Awesome. And then yeah, the whole Vans thing happened. So pretty much. I heard that Vans was doing this thing called Foot the Bill, and it's where they come alongside of companies during kind of this crazy time, mm-hmm. and they help them pay their bills, right, by selling co- collab shoes and T-shirts. Mm-hmm. And so I made a video, like I do, right, mm-hmm. all that social media, all that content stuff, and because you had to do it, you had to fill out the form and make a video, and so I submitted it. And like a week later, I get this call. She's like, hi, is this Steven? I was like, yes, like, who's this, right? Like one of those phone calls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, oh, this is Megan from Vans. I'm like, like Vans Vans? Like the like van, like the like Vans? Like the shoe brand that I've worn like most of my life? I seriously <laughs> haven't not worn Vans my, yeah, since I was like five. It's like, anyways. <laughs> and and she's like, yeah. And, and I like literally like didn't know how to talk on the phone after that. I was so like, <laughs> I, I like... Cause I'm, I was, this is like my dream come true, right? Like yeah. to work with Vans, to be a part of Vans, to have your own Vans shoe with, was the, like with my your biggest, logo on it with, was, was my dream. Right. So, so they, we like, we, so, so we designed a shoe, um, we designed a shirt together and yeah, it's up for sale until May 11th and pretty much all the net. So all of the profit comes straight to us. So they, they still have to pay their employees and all that, which totally makes totally yeah, make yeah, sense. Yeah. Um, but all of the uh, profit comes directly to us. And then, then we can take it and we can do whatever we want with it. And so, yes, we're going to pay bills and, you know, uh, do, you know, you know, it's, it's definitely going to help us out, but we also want to, um, our, our, our main thing is we, we love giving back to our community. Mm-hmm. So we, we're going to do this like big skateboard giveaway. I think we're going to do like a race from like across Sick. town and then we're gonna have a huge grand prize and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's what we're doing. Uh, we're still not open. We're still trying to open uh, the space. The the bits of the space that you've shown me just mm-hmm. via video and yeah. stuff like that, dude, is so sick. 
Well, and you can see more of it too if you just so our our Instagram is probably the best place to go to. Like we have mm-hmm. a website, we have a Facebook, a YouTube channel, all that stuff. Actually, you should check out our YouTube channel because we did all those uh those like pre-recorded sessions. Did you see any of those? Yeah, I did see some of those. I saw that, I saw you guys specifically. Okay. Yeah. Dude, that was that was fun. And then yeah, yeah Orion's amp died. Um but <laughs> uh uh yeah, so our our, our Instagram is at the den az. Mm-hmm. and you can check it out there yeah our our rooms and see that's our thing and that's kind of what i was talking about earlier is like um we definitely made this like uh a spot to come and hang like like we made yeah. it. I, I had the word i just I, I just forgot it but like a destination so we yeah. definitely made this a destination so you come here and you sit and you like and you stay here for a while like it's definitely a destination you come see a show and you stay for a while and it's crazy because just from making it like that and then our content creation and like our branding especially our branding and what who we're trying to appeal to like our 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 target audience dude we are blowing up like people in phoenix are losing their minds dude like i have promoters calling me like i have I had one for sure say that like he's out of California. He's like, dude, you can have all my Arizona gigs. Heck yeah! Well, he's and like, you, you like the thing is, dude, you're on the California side of mm-hmm. Phoenix. Yes, so... we are. We're not that far away. Well, it's cool because like we have yeah. So we're on like so California. So bands can come down the coast. Yeah, they can hit up Phoenix, and then on their way back up north, they come straight through our town. Because so most of the... the time, they go from Phoenix and they'll go to like Utah, New Mexico, or Utah, or Nevada. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, they'll so go they, up to Las Vegas. So so it's just a little, like, they just take a left and they come. And, and actually, yeah. most bands will eat lunch in Prescott and then keep on going up to Vegas or to yeah. New Mexico. Or the, or, or, the, or bands want to see the Grand Canyon, right? So they'll, like, yeah. come through our town. So we are on the perfect tour line as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of doing the same thing as the Bellingham thing, right? Getting all the bands as they're going to the next city. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, it's like Chris Davis was saying, it's like, it's a day off show. Yeah. Which is right? perfect. Everybody needs one. Yeah. And no joke. We can't do it right now, but in the future, I want to put like a washer and dryer. I want to do like a shower. I want to do bunk beds as well, like in a back room. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, yeah, you can come here at two or noon, do all, whatever you got to do, play that night, spend the night. If you want to take a shower and then leave, and so it's like it's a it's a memorable thing. Skate yeah. the half pipe, you know what I mean? Like, well, and that, that's how bands go. No matter how big they are, that's how bands go. I want to play this venue. Like it's, when they yeah. talk to their booking agent, they go, "I this this venue treated us really really well. These exactly. people treated us really really well. I want to play there if we can make it work." So and my and like Chris, what what, what Chris was saying, he's like, you wouldn't believe like how many like how like like the like the little things that matter to like a touring musician like a clean bathroom mm-hmm. that matters to a musician that's touring yeah and it's funny it's like we as like consumers we don't think about that because our bathrooms are normally are normally clean but like mm-hmm. or, or we'll go to that dive bar show and like oh it was funny it was dirty it was it was cool like there were stickers everywhere there was pee on the ground oh wasn't yeah. that crazy but that's every day of a touring musician's life yeah so if you can get if you can just clean your bathroom, you can have a good venue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and not funny. to mention if you can offer them coffee or a yeah. meal yeah. or, you know, and, and provide them, provide them more than just the show. Like, yeah. like I think you were at one point, I don't know if you're still talking about this, but you had talked about like 
maybe videoing pieces of the show for them to use as content later doing um like a podcast episode or some sort of video podcast interview with them for them to post as content or something like that we're still we're still that's definitely something we still want to do and we're still trying to do that we just haven't done it yet because we're not open obviously but uh i'm but like content is a huge part of our like we're actually calling it one of our income streams so we have our coffee Mm -hmm. we have our music and we have our merchandise that is income stream and our whole media team all of our content we're actually looking at it as as important like we're gonna have a legitimate like media team that's Mm -hmm. all they do and so yeah the idea is that each band gets, you know, 20, 30 minute podcast episode video, you know, YouTube podcast, like interview based. And then within that video, we're going to record, mix, master, you know, do the whole thing, their whole live set. Mm-hmm. So video, like cameras in the pit, cameras on the stage, drum cams, everything. And now what that does is the band that came from Seattle and played our little own 150 cap music venue in small old Prescott, Arizona, you know, yeah. now they share it. And now we're known in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And now all the guys out in Seattle, you know, they see our, the sick YouTube video and then they either subscribe or they see our sweet merch at the bottom of the YouTube. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? It's this big rolling factor of now this is becoming online sales. Mm-hmm. And now we're making money, not just locally, not just brick and mortar, but mm-hmm. now via the internet. Yeah. Right. And, and, um, and now also we're helping the bands out as well by giving them content and giving them mm-hmm. value because value is everything. For sure. And now bands want to come back and play here. And now bigger bands hopefully will want to play, even though they just played a 2000 cap, well, mm-hmm. they want to play our 150 cap as well. Yeah. And that that's something really cool. And something you don't think about also is like, so your, your place could like, like Chris said, it's like a potential day off like stop Mm -hmm. but not so like if it's a four band bill right you got a headliner and like you know a co-headliner and like two smaller bands right Mm -hmm. well sometimes the headliner and the co-headliner are like yeah we're just gonna take the day off but then the bottom two bands might be like well we can go play a show somewhere yep and grind it out and you can be that location where like yep you know, they might be doing, they might be doing like 2000 cap rooms with the headliner that they're with. Like they might be, you know, on yeah. tour with a day to remember and just be blowing out huge venues. Yeah. But then, you know, on this stop, this really cool intimate show gets to happen. Mm-hmm. And you never know what will happen at that. Like you might have the whole tour stop. And only the two bands, you know, the first two bands might not might be the only ones that play, but the other bands might be there, you know, yeah. just to hang out. Like that yeah. might be a cool situation for the, you know, the people that are there, or you know, you might be you as the owner might be able to like have a good conversation and provide those bands, even though they're not playing, with yeah. care and like yeah. you know, yeah, absolutely, just being able to be a dope person to them. There, there's so much opportunity it's it's crazy and, and that kind of just go, goes back to why i'm doing this in the first in the first place is i just want to help people i want to build a scene mm-hmm. and i want to do something that's a, that's a need in this town so it's like you need a shower you need you know a place to rest really quick you're yeah you're not playing this but you're on tour with these guys yeah come on you know let's let's do it it's just building relationships which are not as apparent in this time of day 
Mm -hmm. right we don't build relationships anymore and like that's like my whole business model we don't build relationships everyone's trying to network bro yeah dude everyone's just <laughs> hey, networking. no you follow me first and yeah. then i'll follow you yeah no, you follow me <laughs> first <laughs> oh man oh. uh so yeah i i'm i'm i'll link i'm gonna link uh both the YouTube channels, the Dens YouTube channel, which has some really dope uh, live sessions from a bunch mm-hmm. of cool bands. Oh, dude, they're like, freaking awesome! Qualikazis, you, you got American Standards on there. Yeah, I, I missed that. One of them, or two, a couple of my favorites: Qualikazis, Marrow. Holy crap, they were so good. Uh, Ugly is another really good one. Um, yeah, American Standards was good. Obviously, yeah. Norwal, right? That was that was fun. Yeah. We, yeah. we, we, we actually like did a circle thing. It was cool. I was I was driving a bug. <laughs> uh. um, yeah, they, yeah, they were just super fun. So we plan on doing more stuff like that as well. That's super so. sick. And then on top of that, from a so that from a band perspective or from an artist perspective, because it looks like you had an acoustic artist or two, right? Oh yeah, we tried to appeal to kind of again like not everyone but like music that you can't find yeah in this town so hip-hop rap um there's some country stuff we did some like acoustic stuff we did um and uh yeah a lot of metal <laughs> a lot of hardcore yeah because um, that's, that's your that's your sweet spot that's my thing but like but the hip-hop you know. stuff was sick oh uh k-n-g-s right okay so good seriously if you're into hip hop at all, like rap, oh my gosh, he's out. He's out of Washington. He actually, no joke, booked a family trip around coming to, That's to play so this. That's so sick, dude. He's like, I'll do anything. I'm like, can you be here this day? He's like, yes. That's so <laughs> sick, dude. He just wanted yeah, to play. Yeah. So go through those and watch those if you're if you're listening to this. Those are really cool. And then, obviously, we're a production podcast. Uh, we're we're a home studio podcast. We try to talk about everything because everybody enjoys, you know people enjoy you know content and people in general i at least i i think i enjoy you know learning about people like you and <laughs> yeah. see seeing you know an interesting growth of kind of sorts but you know if you're coming here and you're like yeah but i need some uh some production tips or something like that steven's doing a uh his top 15 plugins right now oh, yeah right now yeah, on virtual right. sound in uh, you just dropped a video today. Yeah. What, as, what, as which one, which one was it? <laughs> uh, the Ozone one. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of, I record all them. I give them to my assistant and then I move on to the next thing because I have way too much going on. But yeah, that was a fun series. So I'm doing every Thursday I do a video. It's normally mm-hmm. based around logic, but I do is like mixing and recording tips as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then every month I do a, a 15 video series. Okay, that's um, really cool. Yeah, so it's normally the end of the month. So however many 15 days until the end of the month, that's when it starts. So it's either the 15th or the 17th or 16th. And yeah, these are my top favorite plugins. Um, there's a lot of saturation plugins on there. I freaking love my distortion, <laughs> dude. <laughs> of like, how many, how many, how many saturation plugins? Of your saturation need? plugins, what what is your favorite currently? Because Josh is a saturation nerd. So I you and him, you and say, him, talk, you and him could talk for days on that the j37 by waves or the rat pedal it's called raw by uad okay yeah it's their rat oh. pedal that they, for the amp dude 
No, it's, yeah. it's a, yeah, it's a pedal. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a pedal. And yeah. I use it on everything but guitars. Like it's, <laughs> Dude, I bet that thing sounds dope on vocals. It, yes. And it's very specific, right? It's, it's a, that's like saturation for you. Like it's yeah, not yeah. for everything. Like it's, it's for, for specific things, but like down the hall, crazy echoey. Or like going scream nuts, vocals like, and you just want to like, yeah. yeah. Like megaphony stuff. Like do that rap pedal. <laughs> Josh Excuse turned me. me on to this, uh, <laughs> listeners of the podcast will know josh turned me on to this uh saturation plugin called thermal it's by output yeah yeah yeah. i've heard Uh, of it i haven't used it it's on sale right now at time of recording for those that are it should still be on sale for another little bit uh you should go snag it it's freaking sick okay it's it's kind of like saturn uh where it's band specific like so you can get really it's like frequency huh. band specific uh, okay saturation okay. yeah uh you can do some really cool stuff with it cool want to see and my the, latest thing that i want to do yeah i just got this bad boy modded see this oh the big muff heck yeah he put the led in the b right there oh that's cool and then i want to i want to actually start tracking vocals like through or like um reamp through it with like vocals and stuff yeah that would be cool he got the i got i gave my so i have a pedal guy that does all this for me i gave him this like little old supra dumb thing and it's a supra distortion yeah and this thing sounds mean actually and like i want to do the same thing so i'm kind of like digging into some like not like the most proper like routing because it obviously carter into xlr but it's like when you're shoving distortion like it, you don't really care about signal all too much, right? Yeah, it just fair. needs to sound mean. And so I'm excited to see what this does through my UAD with compressors and the Poltec and the yeah. freaking, and like just have some fun freaking. Because again, like a lot of the bands like that come to me like doing the weird stuff, mm-hmm. and I love when a band. There, is there's kinda, something to be said for like just having fun and experimentation. It's my freaking favorite. You know what dude. I mean, man? Yeah, like. I think people people get lost in people get lost in like I say get lost in the sauce when it comes to uh you know well um <laughs> one is the uh that's not the proper way to do things. Yeah. We're supposed to route it this way. I am um, not that person at all. Those guys hate me, dude. Oh yeah, exactly, dude. Like, oh my god. But like, where's the fun in that? We got there into no this fun. to have fun. Yeah. Right. Like, why not track a synth through some uh, crappy plugin that costs three dollars and then? send it out and just send it through a bunch of pedals and just yeah. try a bunch of stuff and see what happens when we flip the switch. You know well, what I mean? Well, dude, I'm not going to lie. Like I was very creative in the beginning, like when I was playing guitar and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden I became an engineer and I was like, Oh, well, you got to be snobby. You have to do it this way. When you and get the, very and analytical. More, you, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the more that I like would dig into like my favorite engineers and how they do things. And I was like, dude, like who's that freaking girl that like she's like well she's a lady she's like so freaking famous she like plugs things in the cheese and like what's her freaking <laughs> name dude like potatoes and she like blows up things and like like the more that i i like realize like these people that are known no idea for their, who you're talking about i'll figure it out dude she's amazing <laughs> she's like she's worked on like pink floyd and led zeppelin like like big projects but like um she but like the, the more and more my whole point the more and more i i would look into these people like the way that they got 
you know, famous or big or whatever. It's just they, they just did whatever they wanted. There was no rules. That's one of my favorite things to say on my YouTube is that there is on my YouTube channel, there is no rules when it becomes to when, when it comes to recording. Yes, there's like really good like things to follow sometimes. Like mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like like good I can't think of the word, but like um when it comes down to it, just mess around try things, have fun. Like there are huge records out there that if you realize what they did, it would like put a bad taste in your mouth if you're one of those like pencil pushers, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like, no, that's that's the reason why that album went gold is because they did weird things that weren't on the last 10 records they did. Like that's my that's my biggest fear is that people copy and paste from their last record they did. Dude, people are just get downloading, oh, it's hard. downloading it's hard. Axe FX presets and downloading temper profiles and don't don't do it and see that's my thing is like it's like yeah i use superior drummer three like it's no one's business but like i stack those drums yeah. i export them i freaking saturate them every job every band deserves it, its own sound right mm-hmm. um and you should do fun cool things with it and yeah just try i'm mixing an heirloom record right now sweet um that me and chris davis uh, worked on together. It was actually it was really fun. I got to go up to to Baltimore and we got to hang out That's and cool. we got to co-produce a record together. I, I saw some stories. Dude, yeah, it was really I was, fun. I was jealous. <laughs> so I'm mixing that record right now after, you know, months of working on it, which is nerve wracking for me because mm-hmm. he and I are both very like particular. Yes. You know? Yeah. Uh but yeah, I mean it's been going really well and he gave me some samples from that i'm only going to use i'm actually i'm really excited because i'm only going to use these samples on this heirloom record and they're from uh they're from lance prank who did the alpha wolf record sick and they're the alpha wolf samples crazy so that's pretty cool <laughs> so yeah so and that was because that was a band that they referenced so he yeah. got me some samples from that record for me to use and layer in yeah for all the drum stuff that they tracked already so it's like yeah it's gonna be super sick i'm very excited but like once i use those i might just erase them from my computer because i don't want to they're they're so cool that i know that i will use them a lot (laughs) just be like me and forget where you put it yeah, yeah, Where yeah, did yeah. I just, put that? Oh, I'll just make new ones. <laughs> bury them deep in some fold, some really obscure Random. folder in the wrong place. Just, just leave them in your recents. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, yeah, just leave awesome. them only in my recents or in my downloads, and I'll accidentally <laughs> erase them eventually. Yeah, or they're so far down that you won't even. Yeah, exactly, well, exactly. Yeah. No, yeah, I think um, no, I, 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 that's something that me and. Jason, when Jason was on the podcast, we talked about that a little bit too, where it's like the creativity and the, you know, the, the, the sense of art and the sense of trying stuff is like, I think is coming back a little bit Mm -hmm. for a while. It was gone and it's still kind of gone in lower levels, but like, you know, you see people, just trying stuff for the sake of trying stuff. Yeah. That new Bring Me the Horizon record is what we kind of cited as like they just went for it, dude. They just mm-hmm. tried a bunch of stuff. And yeah. it sounded really cool. It was really different. Hey, we're gonna get this guy that did a did a video game soundtrack. 
and he's going to be the main synth producer on this whole EP. <laughs> and that's and awesome. I didn't yeah, know they, this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they got they got Mick Gordon that did the Doom soundtrack. Okay, cool. So the all of the crazy sounds and the super cinematic stuff is like a lot of his work. That's crazy. Um, See, I think but, there's a line, right? Like people that are like copying, pasting, and they're doing like very the same thing as the next person because mm-hmm. they just they're just they want to be signed so bad that this is in and they have to sound like this which that does work but it's almost like you're selling your soul right because you yeah. have to be okay with in my opinion you have to be okay with playing this every single night right yeah and then and then like i think the line where it's like okay now that there's people that are just like because like that's the thing is like i was actually just talking to a band about this like how do you think those people that made this one sound that you're trying to copy get known is they tried something different. Mm-hmm. They tried something new, right? And that's how they got big. It's because they did their own thing. Yeah. So it's like this hard thing of like, I want to get signed. This is the safest route, kind of. But then, I'm, you know, but like I always lean on the, let's just do stuff. Let's just make stuff in the mm-hmm. studio and let's get creative and let's try weird things. And see what I happens. Have this, I have this one buddy who's like one of my best clients ever in He's just a vocalist. I do everything for him. Mm-hmm. I do all of his drumming, his bass, his guitar, all that stuff. And he just lets me do whatever the hell I want. And he's like, he's gnarly, dude. He's like Marilyn Manson-esque. Oh, and it's like, it's cool. We're actually doing more of like a death ish thing right now. Because mm-hmm. he's like, I don't know, I'm kind of feeling this. I'm like, let's do it. But like our last couple of things have been like more like... um like Queens of the Stone Age type of stuff. Oh, that's really cool. And it cool. was like so fun. So I have a just... guy I have a guy like that and it actually pushes me as a producer. Yeah, same. A lot because I have a guy like that that hits me up. He's a big fan of Jason. So mm-hmm. I worked with Jason obviously, so he hit me up about doing production. Um and he'll send me like his ideas and they're off the wall. <laughs> um it's very his name's like Wayne. His name's Wayne. Um, but they're like very off the wall and super industrial. Yes. Uh, like cool. Very industrial. (laughs) Like they're very, it's very European sound. Okay. Um, which is super interesting, you know? And for me, I don't get to make that kind of stuff a lot. So it pushes me in this direction of like, Oh, I am free to just kind of, try throw paint at the wall just try a bunch of stuff and i there's a sense of freedom with that with me when i do post-production a lot because that's what they're coming to me for is like you know me to just try a bunch of stuff because they don't know what to do so at least i know i know you know what stuff to try Mm -hmm. um but for him it's like 100 percent free because all he does is he doesn't he he gives me like i kind of want it to sound like this gives me a bass part and like some vague sense of synth ideas and i go okay and then i build everything out and send it back to him and he's like sick (laughs) let's go and then i mix it that's awesome um dude heck yeah but yeah being being i think having a sense of freedom like that is like i said it's missed have you listened to have you have you listened to jason's the death, new death, death, bad, bad, bad. The new death therapy single that they uh, dropped. I haven't. I need you to check this out. Dude. So actually, really quick, I got a, I got a meeting in ten minutes. Yeah, no, you're good. Um, I was, I was have, about to do start wrapping time, it up. Do we have time for like one more, one more question, or, or what do you think? Yeah, we're gonna wrap it up in a second. 
Sorry. I, I was gonna get you. Oh, no, I was gonna get you to do a, a top or some artist stuff in a second. Okay, um, cool. But you should totally check out Jason's. Oh no, I will. That sounds good. Death Therapy. It's it's it. very cool. New Death Therapy single. It sounds very much like. I don't even know what it sounds like. It's really weird. <laughs> it's out there. There's saxophone in it. What? Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's industrial and it's got saxophone in it, and it kind of sounds like. I don't even know what it sounds like. It's very hard to explain. Anyway, check it out. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, no, I was gonna say, give me. Um, if you had to give me for a budding artist or band, um, what's one of the biggest business things you see them lacking? Branding. Branding, and I'm going to do marketing as well. Okay. Um, because so many of us, and I will loop that in because I'm kind of going through it right now, we just want to play music. Like I just got done mixing and mastering our whole twelve song album. I don't want to mm -hmm. do anything else but play music right now, you know. Mm -hmm. But acquiring a good brand that speaks to everyone, or not everyone, your ideal client, and then marketing that properly is the biggest thing that I see. Even and I'm not talking quality video, I'm not talking quality photos. I'm talking just proper insight on and focus on what they're trying to do. Right. So for instance, like a brand, what's a brand? Look at the Nike swoosh. Like you can see that Nike swoosh anywhere and you know, it's Nike, right? So people should be able to see your logo or, your, or like, so for instance, Norwal, our name is our logo. Mm -hmm. And so they should, so we have branded that and we have branded with the color orange. So when people see this, they know, um, what band that they're listening to, what band that, what band that is, blah, blah, blah. And it actually is already working. Like I get bumped into all the time that are like, oh yeah, you're in that band Norwal. I love your sticker. I love your, those. like it, it mm. happens, right? All your merch, like it needs to go with those three colors that you picked for branding, yeah. right? Or your fonts, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I will and actually then, say that this is, this is something if you're listening is a very appropriate for not just bands, but also being a producer or trying to own a studio. This yes. is very good and good you know a good information across the board yes <laughs> and then marketing yourself properly so picking your ideal client and then producing some type of content and and this helps out in a number of different ways one um it obviously just gets your name out there right mm -hmm. and then two labels and you know uh uh, managers and stuff they want to see that you're busy they don't want to see that you're actually lazy so we were so we were just talking about chris uh davis and he is uh is um live streaming right he's doing twitch stuff mm -hmm. like killing it like that's a form of content right mm -hmm. even though it's under him like it's still like you know it's still very texas and july based and very um the ghost inside based, based yeah. right um but like these important, I guess, and, and, and even like booking agents and stuff like that, they want to see that you're not just being lazy. They want to see that you're trying to grow your brand, that you're actually, here's the key word, investable, right? Mm -hmm. So if, you're, if your band, if your business doesn't work out, you fail, guess what else fails as well? Well, their investment on mm -hmm. you so if you're if you're everywhere if, if they go to your website and it's like purple then they go to your freaking instagram and it's red and black and all these weird photos and then you have 18 different fonts and 14 different logo icon things and you're just puking up a bunch of beer and laughing at each other 
you're, you're, you're actually not investable. It's a big turn off. But if mm-hmm. they go there and everything's professional, your LinkedIn bio is professional, your Instagram, your, your website, your YouTube channel, your streaming, like everything is like really, really thought out, really professional, all your SEO, right? Your search engine optimization <laughs> on, it's, it's always a mouthful on your mm-hmm. website. You know, I don't want to overwhelm anybody, but like it's, it's a, it's a road, but you have to start somewhere. So make sure that you have a good brand, you know who your ideal client is, and that you can market yourself properly with some type of social. Is that good? I think, yeah, I think that's, <laughs> I think that's perfect. No, dude, that's, I think that's perfect. And I want, I want to point the people back to your learn from the pros episodes and stuff like that. Cause a lot of this stuff you got, you do go into very deep detail. Yeah. And what I can do as well is I got two links, one for the den and then two for like all my Virgil stuff. Yeah. And I can send you, they're, they're both hyper follow links. So they have okay. everything, the podcasts. If you cool. want to see our website for anything, my YouTube channel, like everything, um, I'll send you both of those. That'll all and, be in the description of podcast episode, both in the po- on your podcast player and also on YouTube if you're watching there. Dang. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, sweet. Dude, thank you so much for coming yeah, and hanging out. Thanks for having me. I freaking good. miss you. We need to do Dude. another meeting again. I know. It was good to catch up. It was good to catch up, man. It was good to see you again. I I, uh, I haven't seen you since you pigtailed your hair. Oh, that's a, that's a newish thing. I, I just yeah. started doing this like last week, but I think I'm just going to kind of go for it because I'm I at like the point it. where if I don't do something with my long hair, I'm going to cut it off. Oh, and you don't need to do that. That's your I don't brand. want to do that. Yeah, that's my. There you go. <laughs> and brand like, consistency. I don't, I don't know, man. I've always loved the, you know, you know, the pigtails and stuff, and I think I'm just gonna go for it. So sick. Well, dude, thank yeah. you so much, everybody listening or and or watching. Uh, thanks for coming to hang out. And if you learned something, go say hey to Stephen. Stephen, run your socials real quick. Duh. My personal is at stay underscore mental. That's my Instagram. And then, gosh, I mean, that's pretty much as my personal. Virgil Soundin is at Virgil Soundin. Uh, the Den is at The Den AZ. Again, I'm going to give all the links and everything so you can find everything. If you do have any questions, you can hit me up um, via my email, which should be in the, that link under Virgil Soundin. But it's Stephen at VirgilSoundin.com. And I love talking to people. I'm pretty busy, but if it's an email, I can kind of get to it whenever I want. So either DM me, email me, whatever. And, uh, Andrew, thanks for having me on, dude. dude. I, I, I loved it, man. It was awesome. Dude, thanks so much. And that's it for this episode of the Home Studio Hangout Podcast. Thank you so much for coming to hang out with us today. If you'd like to find any of the links to all of the stuff that we talked about today, you can find it on YouTube. Just search Home Studio Hangout or find it on the After School Podcast YouTube channel. All the links for everything we talked about will be in the description of this episode. Thanks again for checking us out. If you aren't subscribed, please go ahead and subscribe to us on your favorite uh, podcast channel. Leave a review if you gain some knowledge or learn something from what we talked about today. Helps other people find us and maybe even grow a little bit more. Once again, thanks for coming and hanging out and keep on creating. <laughs>